Two of the men running for the leadership of the United Conservative Party believe education is a winning issue. Brian Jean wants a back-to-basic system and a reversal of what he calls the NDP's ideological curriculum changes. Jason Kenney accuses the government of social engineering and preparing a curriculum of political correctness. What's prompted this is a multi-year review of the Alberta curriculum, the first revision in decades. Joining me now are two people with differing views on the best way to teach and learn. Greg Jeffrey is the president of the Alberta Teachers Association. He backs the curriculum review, the critical thinking approach to education. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. And Michael Zwagstra is a high school teacher and senior fellow with the Frontier Center for Public Policy. He speaks for a traditional content-based learning. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. So, Michael, uh, we've got you on the phone here. What are we doing wrong that you feel? Well, the problem is is that the uh, changes in the Alberta curriculum are reflecting an approach that puts too little emphasis on content knowledge. And by content knowledge, I'm talking about specific facts, specific pieces of knowledge that are uh, relevant to uh, individual subjects. And why content is so important is that you cannot have critical thinking without a substantial amount of content knowledge. You cannot think critically about something you know nothing about. So case in point, the recent debate about John and McDonald, should schools be named after him or not? It's a relevant question. Well, the only way you can even begin to think critically is to know a whole lot of facts about who John and McDonald was, uh, the political context of mid-19th century Canada, some of his strength, some of his many flaws. You need to know all those things before you can even begin to think critically. So knowledge doesn't guarantee critical thinking because, yes, you can still know a lot of things and not think critically, but you cannot think critically without it. So content knowledge must come first. All right, Greg, how do you respond to the criticism of critical-based thinking uh, education? I think when the uh, the curriculum issue has been politicized so much and it's been polarized, and, and that's the problem here. Uh, I don't disagree with Michael on content knowledge as necessary. It's where do we meet? And uh, Alberta classrooms are probably the most complex classrooms in the entire world based on a, a study by TALIS, the Teaching and Learning uh, International survey done in 2013. When Com- you, complex in what way? Well, when you bring in class size, you bring in the number of uh, students to whom English is an additional language and students with exceptionalities or special needs. Uh, a one-size-fits-all, this is how we're going to deliver curriculum, certainly is, is nearly, uh, not as nearly effective as it could be. Well, when we talk about uh, going toward a, you know, a critical thinking way of teaching, I mean, do we have to subtract facts from that, or I mean, how do you how do you balance the two then? Because you seem to agree with Greg on the fact that you have to have the facts before you can have critical thinking, right? Well, I think we need to focus more deeply on a smaller number of curricular objectives, and that's okay. where the the room for critical thinking allows. Uh, the reason we speak strongly, uh, you, you'll hear the term 21st century learning mm-hmm. uh, used regularly. I like to refer to it more as 21st century learners, and that goes back to the diversity that we're experiencing in our classrooms today. Uh, five years down the road, when our students are out in the work world, and a lot of the jobs are going have don't yet exist. So how can we teach to those jobs when we don't even know what they are yet? So Greg, do you think students miss out on some basic fundamentals when they're not taught content-based curriculum? Or Michael, sorry. 
Yes, they do miss out, and uh, there's there's a variety of reasons that they miss out. You know, we we hear these uh, you know these statistics about the X number of jobs aren't going to you know won't exist 20 years from now, or they're all going to be new. Uh, pretty tough to measure those things, but I do want to point out that reading comprehension, your ability to understand what you read, is directly dependent on content knowledge. And a report that I did cited a lot of research studies that back up this point. The more you know about the subject of what you're reading, the more likely it is you can understand. So the fewer facts you have in your brain, the less that you know, the harder it is for you to be able to understand what you're reading. It's not enough to just simply say, let's teach students how to look it up and teach them how to use Google, because if you need to look up every other word in an article you're reading, you're not going to read the article because it's too difficult. The more background knowledge you have in your brain, the more you know, the more you're able to read. And the students that benefits the most and that need it the most are actually students who have come from low socioeconomic status homes, because they are the students coming to school with the biggest knowledge deficit. And if we don't have a concerted effort right at the beginning of grade one to make sure that they acquire this knowledge, they will fall farther behind, particularly in their reading comprehension, and they read even less and then fall further behind. So if we want to advantage poor students, those from poor homes, we need to have a sharper focus on content knowledge. What's your thoughts? I don't think you'll find a teacher anywhere that would deny the need for basic skills in literacy and numeracy. I've taught mathematics for for 33 years, and uh, a student not knowing timetables is very problematic. It's how far along that spectrum are we going to go? The the curriculum needs to create room, and uh, you know, it would be much more dramatic if we were on television. But as I pick up my smartphone here, I now have in my hand more knowledge than a human brain could possibly retain, and that's the nature of our students today. You ask a student, "What's your best friend's phone number?" They have no idea, but they'll have them on the line for you in ten seconds. They know how to use the tools. Uh, so yes, I, I will agree with Michael in terms of, uh, of of literacy and basic numeracy. That's required, but we need room to teach those critical thinking skills within the curriculum. Is there enough time in, in a day? I guess is the question, Michael. Well, absolutely. And the key point that I want to emphasize here, because you know we hear that it's, that it's a matter of balance. The point I want to make is that. It's the content knowledge that makes critical thinking and reading comprehension possible. The problem with what I'm hearing and when the problem with the curriculum direction is it's treating critical thinking and reading and numeracy as these abstract transferable skills that where the specific content isn't what's important, rather it's these transferable skills. And the point I'm making, which is overwhelmingly backed up by research, is that they're not simply transferable skills. They are highly subject-dependent in terms of the content. You can't read something, no matter how well you can decode or sound out the words or guess what the words are, if you don't have substantial background knowledge about the general context of what you're reading. Same thing goes for critical thinking. You cannot think critically about something you know nothing about, ever. You need to know something about it before you can even begin to think critically about it. If you ask a friend for advice, the first thing you're going to do before giving them the options that you're facing is give them the background about what you want advice on. Otherwise, you won't get good advice. You need the content knowledge. It must come first. It must take priority. Well, I want to thank you both for weighing in this morning, and it seems like a balance is the best <laughs> between the two of you, as a matter of fact. Thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Mark. Thanks, Greg. Thank Greg you. Jeffrey, teacher and president of the Alberta Teachers Association, was in studio. Michael Zwagstra, teacher and senior fellow of the Frontier Center for Public Policy, on the phone.